What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPCN Podcast, the world's first and longest running podcast all about Amazon advertising tips, tricks, and strategies to make your life a little bit easier and a little bit more profitable. Uh, today on the show, I'm excited for Mina to come back. Mina from Trivium Group. Uh, Mina is a sharp, wise, experienced Amazon marketer. Uh, and I think you will really enjoy this one as we take something that's generally considered pretty complicated, like the search query performance report, and we break it down and we make it easy so that you can use it today to get some value out of it. Maybe you've never even used the search query performance report. I don't know you, but I hope you have. If you've been listening to the show, you better have because I talked about it a couple times. Uh, and if you uh, want a big old Google sheet of a lot of our episodes organized and ranked, find like the search query performance reports. Hey, what content have we talked about for the search query performance? It's all organized there. Is a link. You go get it. You get all the goodies that we got. Have a good one. And let's jump in to the episode. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords. I've got my bits set placements too. Now bad mistakes. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Mina Elias, everyone knows his name. He's from Trivium. Uh, and I'm excited today to catch up with you, hear how things are going, simplify the search query performance report. Are you in Los Angeles right now? Is that That's where you're no. based, right? I, I am based out of Los Angeles, but I am I am in Dubai right now. I'm, I'm uh, enjoying like a beautiful winter, man. Get out. Oh, what yeah. is life like in Dubai right now? It's amazing. I wake up in the morning. It's like 85 degrees. I hit the gym. I go to the pool, we go to the, the sauna, uh, we walk around in a mall, and then I catch up on work and I start, you know, people are just about to wake up and then I start having some calls. That's great. I love it. I actually love that time zone, just like being over there. Like if I go to Europe, it's like you get a really nice morning to do anything you want to do. And then like you can almost like start your day in the afternoon and then like finish and like, do you eat a late dinner over there? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, my my last yeah. meal is like at 10 p.m., um, yeah. which I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, dude, like 10 p.m. is so late. But I go to bed at midnight and wake up at eight. Go to bed at midnight, wake up at eight. Also, I know you to be a pretty fit person. Mm -hmm. uh, is eating that late? Is that how do you feel about that? It's the same for me because uh, I eat at 10 and go to bed at midnight. Uh, and in in uh, Los Angeles, I eat at like uh, six or seven, and I go to bed at nine. So it's like eight thirty or nine. So it's like. It's still two hours before bed. It doesn't matter. I, I think I don't think it matters. You want to hear a glimpse a, a glimpse into my life? When I was like 19 years old, so I'm from New Jersey, and I was really into like bodybuilding, weightlifting. I was like 15, 20 pounds more muscle than I have now. 
I was going so hard. Would you believe it? That I, at one point in time, I did this for like a week straight. I was setting an alarm. Like I would go to sleep like 10 o'clock. I would set an alarm for like two or three to have a protein shake. Get some casein. Like, get, get some casein protein. Oh, yes. Man. You were one of those guys, dude. That's crazy. I would never do that. I know. I'm like a different person. Yeah, of course. I do not. That is not health advice. Do not do that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was I was in deep. I was like doing all the bodybuilding. That's so funny. No, yeah. I I do like uh, cottage cheese and like casein protein yeah. before bed. But dude, yeah. like waking up in the middle of the night to do a protein Insanity. shake is next level. Yeah, I like read it in like a bodybuilding magazine. I'm like, okay, this is what you do. Let's oh, go. Oh yeah, <laughs> more more protein. They say they say you get into like a fasted state right when you're sleeping. So it's like you don't want to starve your muscles. You don't want to starve your muscles either. Your muscles are hungry at night, dude. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but in all seriousness, speaking about bulking up, uh, we're going to be talking about the search query performance today and bulking up our knowledge about this. You like that segue right there? That's awesome, bro. Perfect. <laughs> so the, the thing about the search query performance, uh, I've talked about the search query performance before, before. You've talked about it before. People have talked about it. But I feel like there's a natural urge anytime people talk about this to talk about like, you got to download it. You got to manipulate the data over here. You got to do this, do this, do that. You got to combine it over here. You got to run all these crazy formulas. And then it's like when you do this, it's like, it, it's almost like, hey, here's an Olympic athlete's uh, workout routine. You know, they work out for t 25 hours a day. And then it's like, you're at home reading this. You're like, well, I'm just not going to work out. Uh, <laughs> So it's like we want to bring it back down to reality of like turning the search query performance into a simple routine. Uh, and you had this idea, and I think it's such a wonderful idea to like take this thing that is usually so complicated for people. It's, you know, a thousand rows, like what the heck am I going to do here and like simplify it. And I'm super excited about this. So I love it. can you actually break it down for us in case anyone has never used the search query performance? What even is the search query performance? Yeah. So before I say, I say anything, I just want to yeah. preface all of this with we cannot trust almost any number that Amazon gives us. Okay. So mm. we have to walk into anything with that frame because literally the whole search query performance report could be bullshit. You know this. And the, <laughs> and the only, I mean, come on, PPC sales is bullshit. ACOS is bullshit. All of these numbers are, I mean, who knows, right? But what I do know is like, Ad spend is real, total sales are real because you know the, one of them comes out of my credit card, the other one is like in my bank statement. So those numbers are real, and then everything else in between is noise. And the and the only way to test is through uh, like the iteration method, which is <laughs> you basically like it, like you have six hundred knobs on like this DJ thing, and then you're like, okay, I have no idea. All I can hear is sound. So. Let's turn this one knob to the right. Okay, turn it back to the left. What changed? Ah, okay, that, that changed. That's the echo knob, okay? Or that's the volume or whatever. Dang it. That's essentially how I approach anything on Amazon. They give us all this like crazy stuff like hourly data and all this blah, blah, blah. And people come up with these amazing formulas. And I'm like, what if they're just giving you false numbers? Like, have you, can, you, can you prove that those numbers are accurate? So just anything that you do, you know, start with that kind of uh, mindset and you should be in a good place. Let's talk about I, this. I also, can I yeah. add to that too? Uh, I actually think at, you know, different, the teams are so segmented 
at Amazon, like building a lot of this like marketing technology, they're very segmented, right? So you'll have like the sponsored products team, not necessarily communicating with like the sponsored brands team, uh, and not necessarily communicate with the search analytics team building the search career performance. So like you have multiple different teams potentially working in isolation who are calculating things differently. So it's like a click isn't just a click and a sale isn't just a sale because like there's different teams defining them different ways. So like you can look at a report of like how many clicks did I get or how many sales did I get and like have it be defined in such different ways. I so like that's like a, a another perspective, like a, I, I wanted to add to what you said. I, I agree. I think that a lot of people get frustrated and they're like, hey, this data doesn't match that data. Which one is right? That's like, well, they're all equally kind of wrong. wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're all exactly. equally kind of wrong. It's just like, it's just like how you define it. Yeah, it, totally. I, I love that you said that because I personally know that like I talked to um, actually like one guy who works at uh, Sponsored Display uh, is goes to my church and we had this conversation. He found out oh, who wow. I was and he's like, oh, dude, I would love to get you on the, on the Sponsored Display beta, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, totally, man. But like, can you do me a favor? Can you connect me to someone in DSP? My rep ghosted me like two years ago. And he's like, <laughs> I, I don't know anyone there. In, in DSP, I'm like, wow, yeah. dude, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, you don't know anyone? He's like, we're completely isolated. So I'm glad that you mentioned this and, and because it talks about like, yeah, like no one, no one that's working in one division, Amazon knows about the other division and, and there could be a lot of wrongness in the numbers. So search query performance report. Search query basically is keyword or search term. Um, and it's a report that tells you the performance uh, on a keyword level both on an entire brand level, which I don't know why anyone would do that, right? Because like your brand is made up of a bunch of different products. Why would you blend them all? I don't know. But then it gives you on an ASIN level, which is the more useful. Um, and more specifically, a parent ASIN, right? I don't think it's on a child. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that, but I'm pretty sure it's a parent ASIN. Uh, actually, no, wait. No, it's a child ASIN. It's on a child, child ASIN yeah, level. You, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at one. I can see all the different sizes of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's on a child ASIN level. So... What you can do is you can see, okay, for a certain keyword, um, how many total impressions that keyword had across like all ev like every single person who ever saw it in their search results, what that number is, and then what percentage of those impressions you had. Um, and then, you know, what percentage uh, or, you know, how many total clicks that keyword got, like, you know, that keyword was clicked on all the different products that, you know, it showed up for this many times, a hundred times, and you, how much percent of those clicks you got. Same with add to cart and same with purchases. And essentially, uh, this data uh, tells us like how we're performing on, an, on a keyword level. The, the thing that the problem was we could see our performance on a keyword level in, in terms of PPC. And then we realized PPC and organic are connected because, you know, if you spend more money on PPC and you could convert more on PPC, your organic also goes up. So maybe you're saying I'm spending $10 and making $100 in sales but actually you're making $200 in sales on that keyword if it's a mix of paid and organic, but you could never tell because you never got the organic results. We still don't have the organic only results, but we have something better, which is the total results, which I think are is better than you know trying to segment between organic and paid. So we can see for a certain keyword, what the search volume is for that keyword, how many total impressions that keyword got, what percentage you got of those impressions, how many total clicks, what percent you got, how many total at the carts, what you got, how many total purchases and what you got. And so that's basically the definition of the search query performance report. How I'm using it, th there's a few things in my opinion are missing from that report, which would be great to add to it. 
my sponsored and organic rank for those different keywords and my ad spend for that keyword, um, you know, across the different match types. Um, so basically, if you go into the search term report and you do a pivot table, it'll tell you how much you're spending on all the different search terms and it'll do it like unique because it's a pivot table. So you can take that data and then you can, you know, overlay it. There's some simple Excel formulas. You can basically see, okay, this search term, I had a total of $150 in ad spend. And based on Cerebro, which is a guesstimation tool at best, uh, you can see what your sponsored and organic rank is. Um, and and this now gives me enough information to start making some decisions. And, you know, I'll, I'll let you, you know, chime in here before I go into like what decisions I'm making. Here's a question for you. Because I have, I have my own thoughts on it. You know, you log into the search query performance, you punch in your ASIN, you give it a, a date range that you want to evaluate. And then it gives you, you know, put the, up to a thousand terms uh, ranked by what they call the search query score, which is a combination of a variety of stuff, search volume, how active you are on the search term. So they give you up to a thousand terms for a product. And you can only select like one date range at a time. So you can say like, show, well, show me November or show me a particular week. And the experience I think a lot of people have is they look at it and they're like, okay, now what? Like they don't really know like, okay, so I have, you know, a 6% purchase rate for this particular keyword or, and my share is 7%. Is that good? Is that bad? Over this other keyword I've, I'm looking at one right now. My number one search query is 7%. And then right below that is 22% share of purchases. And then below that 6% and then below that is 39%. So they're just like all over the place. And it's like, when someone goes and looks at this, even before we we go to any other tool and like we look compare it with Helium 10 data, when we look at this thing and we see search queries and our share of clicks and purchases, what should someone do? Like, what do we do? Like, what do we look for on this thing? And then like, how do we go do anything about it? Perfect. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, there's something that I do that I call like normalization. So Dang. the the best thing in my opinion is to take a, like a brand keyword. So, you know, let's say MMA nutrition or, you know, whatever, hard work electrolytes and go and look at your impression share for that keyword. Let's say that number is 45%. That like it implies that that's the best uh, that you can get. Mm -hmm. So I normalize it by saying, okay, let me take all of these impression shares and dividing it by 45% which means, you know, my best, which is MMA nutrition, will end up being 100%, then all the way down to like 1%. So so that's the definition of uh, normalization, which is basically I love that. my highest I love percentage it. keyword, which is my brand name, is going to have the highest percent. And I do the same thing for all the other ones. Generally, I'll use the same keyword, uh, but you can easily do this for purchases too. So you can see, okay, for my brand name, I have a, you know, 70% purchase share. Uh, or purchase rate. So that tells me that that's a high, you know, it's very high. It's my brand name. And then you, you can now sort it, right? And so that's the first thing. It makes more a little bit more sense of the numbers, but it doesn't tell you what, I, what do I need to be looking for. What I'm looking for is two things. The first is like when I'm looking for growth, it's uh, areas of opportunity. It's in terms of scaling. Um, I'm looking for keywords that I have a high conversion share on or high purchase share on and a low impression share. But low impression share, again, it, it doesn't give me enough data. So that's why after that, I start looking at 
my my rank sponsored and organic if my sponsored rank is already high or if my sponsored and organic is high i'm screwed like there's like what else can you do the both of them are high maybe maybe it's a budget thing because like if you're sponsored and your organic rank is high you should have a pretty decent uh you know con uh, impression share which is basically you're showing up for more and more of those impressions uh, so why not maybe you have a budget so Am amazon's like okay you only have a hundred dollar budget so i'm going to show you you know, three hours of the day versus 18 hours of the day. So I don't know. But the, the good, the good uh, scenario would be that you have a high purchase share, which means out of the people that come into your listing, a high percentage of them are converting. And then you have a low impression share. And then you go and look at your sponsored on an organic rank and you find out that they're low and that you're spending not that much money on it. So you're like, okay, cool. Do I have this keyword in a campaign? If yes, then why isn't it working? Why isn't it, why is my sponsor? Should I just increase the bids? Or maybe sometimes, by the way, this happens where it's like dead in a campaign. So I just pause it and relaunch it with a bigger budget, bigger bid, and it resets and it's working very well. And now my sponsored rank goes up. So the goal here is to get my sponsored rank up, measure my impression share, and make sure that my impression share is increasing over time. And then, you know, also hope that my organic rank goes up because I don't have to keep paying, uh, you know, for the for the impressions. Uh, and the clicks and the and the sales. So that's one thing that I'm looking for is where can I gain more coverage? A lot of people come to me and they're like, ah, I feel like I'm stuck with my brand. And I'm like, cool, let's see where you're doing well in terms of conversion, but you don't have, you know, all of the impressions. Let's get you to as much as we can get you to, like, you know, closer to your brand uh, name impressions, impression share. Um, and let's, let's try that. And I would do this with like one or, and again, there's a thousand rows, right? Uh, so I would do this with one or two keywords. So mm -hmm. you can track it over time and you're like, I'm gaining impression share. My ad spend went up. but And and the, here's the key, right? Your ad spend went up, let's say from 100 to 300. What happened to your total sales? Did they go up like in a meaningful way or did you feel like they didn't change that much? Um, and that's that's the key because impression share could go up and all this beautiful and my purchases could go up for that keyword. But then I look at my total sales and nothing really changed. So that's where like I only like to do one or two at a time and be super targeted and track it so I can actually see the results. And then there's the other direction, which is the wasted, where I have a higher impression share or maybe a higher click share, which means I'm getting a lot of clicks, but my conversion share is low. So I'm like, let me look again how much I'm spending on those keywords. And I look at a bunch of keywords that have a high click share, you know, a good amount of spend, conversion share is low. That tells me that these keywords, my conversion rate is, is not good on. Before it was like, okay, your ACOS is too high for that keyword. But, you know, now it's like you're looking for the entire keyword. Your conversion is low. You look at your sponsored rank. If your sponsored rank is at the bottom anyways, there's nothing that you can do. Maybe just pause the ads. But if they're high, you're like, well, what if I went from a position 15 to a position 30? I'm going to spend a lot less money. That's going to cut down. Hopefully my organic stays, you know, pretty similar. What happens to my, my uh, you know, spend and, and total sales? My spend goes down, total sales are the same. I saved a bunch of money. Those are the two use cases that I have. Amazing. Because I can't tell you how many people are just like, uh, I look at the search query report and I don't really know what to do. So you've just given two use cases that don't involve, you know, downloading it, that don't involve like putting it into Excel and like doing a whole bunch of work with it. So you mm -hmm. gave two scenarios. One is the opportunity to like find things that you should boost up where you have a good purchase rate and you're like, well... I don't have enough clicks. Like, let me increase my, my, my click share and my impression share. I have a good purchase rate. Let me boost that up. And you can do this for like a couple keywords at a time. You don't need to, 
you know, break the bank. So like you find those and then you go into your PPC account and you look there, you see how you're bidding, you see what, if you should be getting more aggressive on it. Amazing. That's a good use yeah. case. That's really accessible to everyone. On the flip side of that, you basically had the opposite, which was like, well, what about keywords that maybe I need to reconsider how much I'm spending? Maybe I have a lot of clicks and a lot of impressions for it. Like I'm, get, I'm getting there, people are clicking on it, but it's sort of a conversion rate issue that like my purchase rate is so low. Maybe I need to pump the brakes on it, uh, reduce bid. Maybe I need to um, pause it temporarily. Maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and ask myself, is this a good keyword for me? Am I optimized for it? Why are, pe why are people clicking but not buying? Maybe I'm, they're not seeing that keyword. You know, maybe they're searching something like a particular feature that they think I have on my product listing image, but then they make it to my page and I'm not explicit about it. I'm not mentioning that I do have it. And then they're just bouncing. So like those kinds of things are really accessible from the search query performance. And I hope, I just want to celebrate all the good people out there who are like listening to that and like, oh yeah, that does sound really accessible, really easy. I can do that because like, if yeah. that is really accessible. So thank you so much for it's doable. sharing. Now I, mm -hmm. I want to share two like beta use cases, right? And these are- Here we go. In, in beta, I, I'm still testing this, but hypothetically, hypothetically, high impression share and low click share. Uh, you know, th these are keywords where people are seeing my product a lot, but they don't want to click on it. Yeah. So I start looking at the keywords and I ask myself why. And let's try this, this like manipulation where I'll take my product 3D image and add something, you know, from that keyword. So let's say it has something to do with, you know, like natural or, you yep. know, something free. Maybe, I don't know. Take that and put it on the label, even even though it's not actually on the label, but it's a 3D render, I could do whatever I want. And then let's see what happens. And if, you know, I still have that high impression share and my click share starts going up all of a sudden, then I know that I now I'm hitting uh, that, that, you know, keyword better. Like people who are typing in, you know, f you know, fragrance free sunscreen or some something like that. They're now seeing, even though mine was fragrance free and it said it in the title, but they didn't look at the title. Yeah. Now I have it on the on the box, like it shows on the box, fragrance free, and now they're clicking on it. So that's one one thing. And then you kind of touched on the second thing, which is I have a, a high uh, click share, but a very low purchase share. So there's a lot of people coming in through that keyword, but then they don't convert. So maybe I try and highlight a, highlight those things in my images. And again, the reason that I say it's in beta is because I the other ones I've tested and they've worked, you know, in, in instances. Um, many instances. So I'm like, okay, I can share, I can confidently share those. This one is still like I'm testing and, and, but it's hypothetically, it should be the same thing, right? I'm getting a lot of impression. I'm getting a lot of impressions, not enough clicks. There's something about the main image that they're not liking, or it could be completely different. It could be that I type in that keyword in the search. And then I look at my product versus my competitors. And it just so happens that everyone around me has a better price and more reviews. So that's why my click share is wrong, right? So it could could completely go the, the other way. It could be some something else, but that's just my my way of thinking about it. I love it. You know, there's a really valuable seasoned uh, wisdom with what you just said, which is I can't tell you the amount of people like something will come up like, oh, here's a new report or here's a new way to analyze your account. And then like every, sometimes people's first reaction is like really to like bash it with a sledgehammer or just like pause it or increase the budget a thousand percent or like do, you know, really like big swings. 
when really in Amazon marketing, like there's so much of like, you see something, like you see a one data point and then you have to investigate and you have to like confirm if you were correct or confirm if you were incorrect. Like you have to go through and test it. So it's like every single metric that we see inside Amazon PPC, it's a decision tree. It's like, well, what's happening here? Well, let me see my competitors. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm the same price as my competitors, so it's not a pricing issue. Okay. Is it an image thing? Oh, like everyone else's image is like way better than mine. Like it is an image thing. Uh, is it, um, you know, I'm, I have that word, but it's like buried in my bullet points. Maybe I need to like give it more light. Is it worth it for me to give it more light in my title? And then you can look at the search query performance and be like, oh, wow, this keyword gets searched a whole bunch. It does deserve more time in the spotlight. Like I have another keyword in here that barely gets searched at all. And you know this from your search career performance report. Let me go and swap these terms. And then I'll, I'll like yield more clicks because people will see that right there. That kind of thing, right? Like so much of PPC is like just like looking at a data point, trying to find out why it is the way that it is. And then like tinkering with it, you know, going, going in the shop and, and tinkering and like trying to see what you can do to boost a particular metric. Yeah. And the th sure. I think that the thing to remember here is like, what I'm saying obviously requires like some time. So don't think that I'm like the superhuman being that's going in and doing this for like 50 different keywords for like, you know, 20 different products. Like, let's say, you know, I have a pro I have like three or four ASINs in my brand. So I'm just like saying, okay, let me find like one or two in each use case and, and try it. And then, you know, I kind of write the notes and I'm like, okay, you know, I have it in my Slack channel and I'll say, Hey, Victor, you know, um, I want to test this thing. Um, so it's like, it's, you know, it's saved. Like there's a, a like a track tracking of like what yeah. happened. I'm mm -hmm. like, bump up the bids for these keywords and let's see what happens. Or, or, you know, if we don't have these keywords running, launch a campaign and, you know, spend, let's shoot to spend like a hundred bucks and then let's see the results. That is like, Hold hey, on, there's, there's I, I'm sorry. The, uh, there's like two super valuable PPC wisdom things that you just mentioned too. This is like hidden. We weren't, I wasn't expecting to like get uh, like hidden PPC wisdom, but like the first thing of like doing something, writing it down and like checking on how it did. I cannot tell you how many people do not do that. They'll go and like, they'll make a change and then forget they ever made it. And then like in three months from now, they're like looking at data and like they have no idea like how it got there. Writing stuff down and like setting a reminder, like check this metric in, you know, two weeks so valuable like that's really the distinction between like a really really good organized manager of amazon marketing campaigns and someone who's just like doing stuff you got to write stuff down people and then like see if it actually worked or not uh yeah so that was huge so yeah i absolutely love it the other thing you mentioned that i think is really wise this is the third third one dropped this call the, the other thing that you mentioned was you don't need to do every single keyword all at once uh i cannot tell you how many times i talk to people that are just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up my entire account and like redo it because it's like I need to do it better. It's like, no, people, like do, do like bits and pieces. It's like you're in this for a long haul uh, probably and it's like you need to set a plan and like step by step, like chip away at this stuff because like he said it earlier in the call where it's just like, is this number truly accurate? I need to make some action and see how that, see how my data responds and then like do I make more actions or less actions? So like, I wanted to really shine a spotlight on what you said. I didn't want people to gloss over it because it's like teaching really good PPC discipline. So I, I thank you and everyone listening or watching. Thanks you. Yeah. 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 And, and then 
I think this takes me to the thing that we were talking about, right? The three phases. So if anyone's listened to like my, my stuff, right? I do, I work in, in either a scaling or optimizing phase. Yeah. I notice too many people are increasing bids, increasing budgets, but also lowering bids, adding negatives. And I'm like, this is happening. And so yeah. you don't know like what happened. Like did, did your revenue go up or down? Maybe it went up and, and went down and then resulted in something. And then you're like confused as did I do better? And you're just looking at your tacos and you're like, did my tacos, you know, become better? Um, which is again, not a good measure if you're, you, you know, you're, you're lost. You're looking, yeah. You're looking for bottom line profit. That's at the end of the day, what you want. So I started operating in three modes, uh, which I call scaling. So the, the goal is just to increase revenue, knowing that my profit is going to go down, but I have an acceptable amount of loss, you know, for the sake of finding new keywords, testing new keywords, uh, you know, this improving my organic market rank, share. Exactly. And then the, the other direction it's, which is optimizing for profit. So I'm going to lose some revenue, drop my ad spend, only keep the things that worked, kill the things that didn't work, which means, you know, you lose revenue because you have like a bunch of keywords that generated sales, but have very high, you know, cost of, of, uh, acquisition or like a, a high echoes. And then you're killing those, but as a result, you're going to have more profit because you're only keeping the stuff that is bringing you profitable sales. Um, and then your tacos will improve and all that kind of stuff will happen. And then the third one is where I plateau. And so usually I'll have this cycle of increase, you know, uh, scale, right? And so when I'm scaling, that's when I'm doing that first use case, which is, okay, let's, let's try scaling by like increasing the bids on those keywords, but also maybe looking at some keywords where I, where I have my conversion is very well, like doing well on, on PPC, increase that, maybe increasing my budgets overall, just spending more and seeing what happens. Then there's this, the second use case, which is where I'm optimizing for profit, lowering bids, uh, adding negatives to those keywords that, that are not doing well. And then the final piece where I'm plateauing, then the first reason I plateau is because now that you have more profit, you want to earn that profit because just because you hit one week of good profit, if you start scaling again, now you're losing your profit again. So at the end of the, like, you, you know, six, uh, six months or something, you look and you had you know, lower profit, higher profit, lower profit, higher profit. And then it just normalizes and you're like, damn, I wish I had more profit. So I leave time for two reasons. Number one, so I can collect that higher amount in profit. But number two is that's the perfect time where you're not messing around with the PPC to start messing around with your click-through rate and conversion rate. That's the time where you could, let's split this the main image. And, and with everything yep. being the same in terms of ads, did my click-through rate go up and my conversion rate go up because I have a better main image? Now, now it's going to have a positive impact on profits or let's, you know, switch out some of the listing images. Let's do uh, premium A plus content. I have regular, let's do premium. Now, you know, how's my conversion rate? Because the last thing that you want is you're scaling or you're optimizing. You, you put premium A plus content and then you're like, Hmm, okay. My profits look like they're a little bit better, but why was it because you did a good job with the ads or was it because you added premium A plus content? So that's again, the, the, the big trick with you know, Amazon advertising is to be disciplined, to have one goal at a time, have your guardrails. Like I'm not saying like, if you're spending $50 on a keyword, but you're in this uh, scaling phase, don't add it as a negative, you know, like have, have some guardrails. Like if, if you're spending a certain amount of money with no sales, add it as a negative, things like that, but try to stick to one direction at a time and not too many actions. Uh, and, and the beautiful thing is there's the history tab now. So if you ever feel like, Oh man, my sales went down. You can go and figure out what happened. Look, look, look at the history tab, 
I, I, I lowered the bids from 85 cents to 50 cents for that one keyword, which is generating a lot of sales. That was a mistake. Let's bring it back and, and so on. And, and so that's like the power of discipline when it comes to advertising. Yeah, man. So many people, uh, it's like when you're disciplined, you are leaving like a trail of breadcrumbs to like find your way back. It's like, oh, okay, like I can, I see the connections between all these different things. And when you don't, I, like it blows my mind that uh, people are just like out there like doing random changes, random times, forgetting that they did what, when, uh, not really knowing like where their direction is. Uh, so yes, this is a excellent reminder to everyone. So in summary, if people were afraid of the search query performance report, I think they should be less afraid. We've got some good use cases today talking about what keywords to boost, what keywords to suppress, uh, and where to find them. Uh, and we also touched on some really good seasoned, uh, experienced PPC marketing principles. So I think this, this episode's been amazing. Uh, I mean, is there anything else that uh, you would like people to know before we talk about where people can find you? No, I think that's good. I, I think the, the one thing is yeah. just go and execute. Yeah. You know, go into the search query performance report, download it, you know, pick pick a couple keywords, either high impression share, high high um conversion share, low impression share, or high impression share, you know, low that's conversion it. share. Mm -hmm. And then try, try just one of those things, wait a couple of weeks and then Hit me up. Let me know what happened. Yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, so, Mina, uh, where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to ask any follow-up questions? Yeah, so, um, you know, Instagram at the Mina Elias or LinkedIn, which is Mina Elias, M-I-N-A-E-L-I-A-S. Pretty accessible there. Check out the website, triviumco.com. You know, we have some, like, good resources, tools, things like that. By the way, like, all of the tools that I, you know, talk about, whatever, um, we, we give them away for free. It's called like the Amazon growth toolbox. So, uh, whenever you hear me talk about this stuff, uh, like the co combining Cerebro search term report, all that kind of stuff, we give those macros away for free so people can, you know, implement what I'm talking about. Awesome. Mina, been a pleasure. Have a good one. And, uh, I'll see you next time here on the PBC Den podcast. Perfect. Thanks for having me.